0: Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life, and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh, yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome to the Heart and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse. And today I have Patrick Robinson in the house. Patrick is a photographer, writer and journalist. He says he's been taking photographs since he was 12 years old and he's hoping he's getting it right. But really, he's a creative engine. He loves to create new ideas and help people with their creative projects. Good afternoon, Patrick. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Alan. Hi, I am so glad to have you. You are a staple in our little neck of the woods, which for people who are listening to that, this, we are in West Seattle of Seattle, Washington. And Patrick, is one of those rare gems that lights people up. In fact, I just had a patient who left here and I said, do you know Patrick Robinson? She said, indeed I do. She said, oh, Patrick is one of those rare gems. So hello, Rare Gem. I am so fascinated to meet you because your photography is what got me interested in reaching out to you because your photography really touches a deep place in my heart. And I'm so curious where this comes from in you. Where did this taking photography come from?
1: Well, the short answer is that I grew up in the newspaper business. And because that's a a business that involves words and pictures, and my my four brothers are all creative people. And my three older brothers were uh, all photographers at some level. They came to me at the uh, age of when I was 12, and they said, start taking pictures. And they handed me a, not a sophisticated camera at that time. And I didn't know anything about her. So I, I just started taking pictures. And that's always the best place to start anything. You start at the beginning. You start knowing nothing. And my mother, who passed in 1968, grew up with polio uh, and grew up. Uh, as abandoned a by her mom, and, and we had a very, very tough childhood. Taught herself to draw, paint, to play piano, and uh, to write, and many other things. She was all self-taught. And so, while I certainly studied photography and other things in high school and college, most of my knowledge is, is uh, through just trial and error. I mean, I've probably taken million terrible pictures, 10 or 15 okay ones.
0: Oh, Patrick, I think there's far more. I've already seen 10 or 15 amazing ones. So you are very, very humble. I am going to post some of Patrick's pictures so that you can all see them. And I am sure you'll agree they are far more than just okay. And So I'm curious, you said your mom was abandoned as a child. Do you think she used creativity as a way to heal her issues around abandonment?
1: I think so. She was, in in those days, they didn't have a word for bipolar. She was definitely uh, somebody who could bring the entire house down with her mood. Ooh. My my older brother called her a smoky chanteuse. (laughs) <laughs> it was a, a great description. She would she uh, smoked cigarettes, uh, which is, led to her death at some point. And she also uh, was uh, sexually assaulted at one point. My my uh, when her mother gave her up, they gave her up to a a couple in foster care, and her foster father sexually abused her. And so she had a lot of issues, and she taught herself to play piano, and so much of it, my early memories go to her in the basement playing the piano with the sounds filtering out through the house. Wow. Well, I could just feel her emotions.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Amazing.
1: So that had a powerful effect on me.
0: Yes, I was going to say, so what was that like for you growing up with a mom who was most likely bipolar?
1: Well, what it did is it it taught me the power of personal expression. It taught me the power of taking hold of whatever gifts you have and using them to soothe your inner pain. In other words, uh, if she taught herself to play the piano, she was also self-healing. It's a form of uh, non-toxic self-medication, if you like.
0: True. So do you feel that your photography... I know for me it's healing, but is it healing for you or is it the... Yes. No question Okay. All right.
1: When I walk out the door to take a picture, I say to myself, because I know I'm going to go take a, a good photograph. That's just a conscious thought at the point that I begin that process. So what I've chosen to do is then try to realize that and, and actualize that attitude and feeling and say, all right, now I'm going to go live up to my belief. And in the process, so often I'll be out there wherever it happens to be in Seattle or wherever I'm going to be in the world. And I'll ask you a question and I'll say, well, God, what do you have to show me? And uh, then pretty remarkably, things
0: just show up. It's, Wow. It's uncanny that way. So you're asking the universe a question? Pretty much. Wow. And I want to go back for one moment because you said something that I think would help people. You said you live up to your belief. So you hold the belief. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do a, I'm going to make a good photograph. So what would you say To people who really wrestle inside of themselves with being creative. They want to be creative, but then they're always, oh, nothing is ever good enough that they write or that they sing. How would you work with them in their belief system so that they could live up to a positive belief?
1: It's like this. I guarantee you, it works exactly like this. Remember the Michael Jordan, one of the world's greatest basketball players, says. Mm -hmm he missed a million shots.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, does that make
1: him a loser? No. It makes him somebody that just didn't believe it was worth stopping until he got it right. So what I mean is this. I can show you pictures that I've taken that have been seen by tens of thousands of people and that I've, pictures I've won awards for and pictures that have meant a great deal to many people. And I'll tell you what's wrong with those pictures. In other words, they're not perfect, but they're pretty damn good. They're close enough, and they're as good as I can make them, even though they're not, you know, it's frustrating to me. I want them to be a little bit better. There's always something, for example, I have a picture of a of a ferry boat. I, was, I went out to cover a news event of a boat coming, it was uh, grounding. Uh, this is not a maple wild drive here in West I go down there and there's the boat and it's it's grounded. Okay, well it's not much of a news event. I'm coming back up the hill and I look out between these two trees and there's the beautiful ferry boat. The water's like glass and the mountains are behind it. And the trees rising from the island and it was it was a beautiful scene. So I looked at it. I thought, well, wow, I have got to take that. I took that picture. But there's one little bush over here on the left side. But, um, I, maybe I should just Photoshop that whole thing out. Right, I, right. But I didn't and haven't. And I, you know, I certainly could. I had those skills, but I looked at it and I thought, you know, it's imperfectly perfect. That's the way it should be.
0: You know, I love that because I think life is that way and we are happen? that way, you know. Yes. And so art should reflect our In perfectly perfect state of being, you know?
2: And in fact,
0: at one point I went and worked in Mexico and there's a tribe of Indians that lived close to where I was working, teaching something called barefoot acupuncture. And they, on purpose, will put in an imperfection in their weavings to denote our human condition is imperfect. And once I, I heard that, I was like, oh, it relaxed me. I didn't have to be so perfect any longer, you know? So I love that your photography reflects our imperfectly perfect condition as human beings.
1: There's always something that you can probably improve. But the fact that I see that is one of the factors that makes me want to keep trying to get that shot. So... I look at it. and I go, you know, I'm about ninety eight percent there. Never, <laughs> you're never there. So there's that fact. And then the other thing I would say on this is that you're your own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. And uh, there's a lot of psychology about the idea of you know, take it easy on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself, and all of the things. All of that's true. But I would say it just sort of doesn't matter what you think.
0: Hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, what I mean is, you're going to be wrong about yourself mm, and about okay. the quality of your work. You know, one of the very odd experiences I have is I have 60 or 70,000 images on my hard drive here. And I'll, sometimes I'll go back through them through my archive. And, I, and because they're filtered through a system that allows me to search for them by title or type. I'll just pull up tree or water or sunset or wherever it has to be. And it'll pop up and I'll go, you know, I never posted that one. I never shared it. never printed it. I'll look at it again. I didn't like it very much. Uh, let me tweak it a little bit. Okay, I'll brighten the color here. I'll sharpen this edge. Okay, got it. I'll post them. It's definitely good. but It's kind of an take. I'll post that. And it'll go Yes, will explode and people will go, "Wow, that's the richest picture I've seen." <laughs> and I, I thought, "Nah, it's barely worth sharing." And people went crazy for it. So was I wrong? Yes, I was completely wrong. And that means that my judgment about what people will like or what mean to them, I can't possibly know that. Yeah, so
0: I, I that's think that's. Why you share it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Is that. We never know how we are going to affect somebody else's being. Right. So I'm curious. You had an extraordinary experience when you went to Italy. I did. I want to hear about that. What happened?
1: Well, my wife and I had always wanted to go to Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, so in 2008 we had the opportunity to go, and we were there for a few days, and then. I said, well, we, we need to go to the Vatican. I thought about that. And of course, you see it on television the three puffs of smoke when they elect the Pope and all that stuff. Right. So it's a place of, of great, uh, great interest for a lot of reasons. I'm not particularly religious, although I believe in God and have a spiritual background in history. But what I wanted to do was, I wanted to see this famous place and just sort of absorb it and get a sense of it. So, as you walk up from the streets of Rome up to the edge of Vatican City, there's no physical barrier there, just different kinds of cobblestones. Right. And as, I don't know if you've been, but... Yes. As you walk up, there's just a line of stones, and mm-hmm. we both stepped onto the grounds of the Vatican, and I looked over at my wife, and she looked at me, and we both burst into tears.
0: Wow. I
1: can't, I can't explain why we did. But I can tell you that at that moment, I felt like a river of prayers was flowing through me from billions wow. of minds into that place. Wow. Over time. It was, it was an extraordinary feeling. I've never had anything before, to feel like that before or since. So we collected ourselves. Dried our tears, went mm. in and saw the Vatican.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: it's, a, it's a giant place, of course, and many, many things to see there. Right. So we knew we'd have to come back. So we were there for almost well, three or four hours and we left. And then uh, a couple of days later, we said, well, let's go back to the Vatican. We need to go see the Sistine Chapel and some of mm-hmm. the other places there. Art. So um, we we're arriving in a taxi cab. And in the back of the taxi cab, and as we approach, I say to myself, you know, I'm I'm probably not gonna have this chance again. Mm-hmm. So I closed my eyes and I said, God, what should I do with the rest of my life?
2: Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Mm.
1: And there was no thundercloud, no lightning. <laughs> Right. There was no gathering of clouds. Mm. There was no big shining beam from from the heavens. Mm-hmm. It was just a quiet voice mm. It said,
2: create. Wow.
1: <gasps> it flooded through me like a realization of the truth. Yes. And yeah. so I recognized that it was either, I mean, I heard the voice, so I don't know what to tell you except that it felt like it was recognition. Yes. was well, recognition
0: of the truth.
1: Yes, but I felt recognized by something else. Wow. That was telling me, I see you, and I see what you're capable of, so go do that.
0: Oh, my goodness. What an amazing... No wonder why I got tears in my eyes as you said that. I could feel the energy... Of being recognized. Wow.
1: Everybody wants to be
0: seen. Yes. Yes. I mean, wow. I just want to take that in for a moment because I think, you know, when I think of what most people want, I think it's very simple. We all want to be loved
1: and seen. Right.
0: Wow. Let
1: me explain one of the things that made me take pictures. Hmm. I stopped for 17 years. Really? Oh, well, yes. I had, I had won a bunch of awards. Huh. I'd done fashion photography. I'd done sports. I'd done sort journalism. I'd done product photography. I'd done all these things, right? And I stopped. I'd done pretty much what I wanted to do. Wow. My wife, wife said to me, uh, you know, Pat, uh, you're a pretty good photographer. Mm-hmm. Should we start taking pictures again? I said, yeah, I could. Hmm. And she bought me a camera for Christmas. And that camera died literally the next day. So I thought, oh, I wonder what that means. I want to get another one. And that camera died. I thought, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I come on now. The next day. So I said, okay. Now you, you're <laughs> <Yeah. really> bad. <laughs> right. So I went and bought a much better camera. And... That camera had much more capability than the one that she'd Richardson. It was sort of a, a consumer-grade camera she bought. I was a mm-hmm. tweeter, but I wanted a better camera because I, I knew what it was capable of. So I started taking pictures, and I would post them up on Facebook and social media. And people would uh, start commenting. I started getting mm-hmm. these comments, Ellen, that
2: said, I want chemotherapy. Yes,
1: it's really helpful.:
0: Yes, that's why I wanted to meet you, because that's I what got, I felt.:
1: And I got comments from people that said I've been feeling suicidal lately,
2: mm.
1: and I've been looking at your pictures. Yeah, they lifted me up.: Yes, and I oh my God, I'm able to do that for somebody just by by doing what I do, by taking pictures, by seeing the world the way that I see it.: Yes, yes okay, this, this is what that experience in Italy meant. This is it.
0: Yeah. This
1: is why I do it.
0: Yes. And I feel that that's why I wanted to meet you because I feel that when I look at your, your photographs, it's, it's not just a photograph that I'm looking at. What I'm experiencing is energy from um, the photograph.
1: What I'm putting into those photographs, Ellen, is just this. I want you to see it as a world Mm. that could be, that it could be. So when you see that, you see that I'm literally working with the light to say, this is the world as I see it. This is the world that actually can be for you. This is aimed for and aimed at you. It's meant for you.
0: Yes. And for those of you who are listening who may have never seen Patrick's work, and you will see it now because we'll, at the end, we'll post where you can see Patrick's work. It truly is a healing. It's unlike most photographs that I've witnessed or seen. It's, I feel the energy and let's call it Perhaps love, pure love. I feel the sense of love. It's so uplifting. Your work is so uplifting. And now I get it. It's as if you are channeling, you know, this pure love energy. It's so beautiful. So Patrick, do you feel like you are channeling when you're taking photographs? Here's
1: what it it feels like. And this is going to sound odd, perhaps.
0: <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> Nothing is that odd to me. Well, this is what it feels like. Okay.
1: If you're familiar
0: with the concept of
1: flow. Yes. Are you? You know what I mean by yep. flow?
0: Yes, but for those who are listening, why don't you describe it?
1: Basically, flow is that, is that state of mind, the state of being, if you will, in which... Nothing can get in except that channel that you happen to find yourself or put yourself in, mm. and, in terms of creativity. So when I take a camera, you could shout at me. I wouldn't hear you. Wow. I'm in that state. I'm in that moment. So okay. it feels like little doors in the back of my head, sounds odd, little doors in the back of my head open up, And I feel the the background get kind of cold. The cool gets cool. Wow. And at that point, I'm in a pure state of uh, of creative recognition Mm -hmm. and uh, looking for the alignment of objects, the the juxtaposition of colors, Mm -hmm. the diagonal flow of a scene, Mm -hmm. the emotional content of a scene. And what I can do is, the it, technical parts of it are second nature to me now. Mm-hmm. So I dial them back to, it, to a wider aperture for less depth of field. I focus on this point, and I know I'm going to have a focus from here to there. And I know that, that this gold color will, will go under this, this part of this, this white piece and it will colorize that part. These are all things that just happened for me now, Wow. Automatic.
0: Now, for people who are creative or who want to be able to experience more creativity in their life, is this state of flow that you know how to get into, is there something, how did you learn it? Did you just teach yourself or is it learnable?
1: I think it's, I think almost anything is learnable. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think you can achieve a state of flow. A lot of it has to do with, if you're familiar with this concept of the monkey mind from Buddhism,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. we all have busy, active minds that are constantly talking to us, all these voices. (laughs) Yes. When I'm in that state, I hear no voices, none. I hear nothing. Wow. It's all pure sensory input, pure feeling. I'm not thinking about the stock price of IBM. I'm not thinking about (laughs) anybody's political positions. I'm not thinking about from Hungary. And that goes away. I can can completely ignore the outside world Mm -hmm. in terms of its inputs and just focus on the the, uh, task at hand. It just happens. It just pours in. But more interesting to me is Mm -hmm. the fact that when I see it, I realize it's been presented to me as a gift. It's, oh, here you go, Dad. Just press that button. Wow. And all you have to do is press the button because I'm giving you... <sighs>
2: Hmm.
0: Breathe into that. Obviously, we've touched something.
1: It's It's a gift from... I guess it's a gift from the universe. It's that's what it really is. I'm able to see it, and it's I'm extremely grateful. Well, we it allows me to turn it around and give it to you.
0: I was just about to say, well, we are grateful for you because through your eyes and through your heart, not just your eyes, because clearly in being with you today, I really see that you see from your heart, and that we get to see the world, you know, through love. And for so many people, Pat, that is such a rare gift. Such a rare gift. So thank you for giving all of us that gift through your photographs. I mean, oh, what a gift. Now, I'm curious, did you have this ability prior to your experience at
2: the
1: Vatican? I have to say no. Wow. So, I had won awards. And mm-hmm. the, the, you know, when you work for a newspaper or you work for clients, it's just the kind of thing that you apply technical skills to and you say, all right, well, I'll, I'll shift them off in the frame here. Okay, right. I'll put another light here. Okay, a little underexposed, but I have to stop. Okay, and you do the technical things, right? Mm. And that becomes uh, it, it. Becomes one of the reasons that I stopped was that I had done what I wanted to do, right? And gone where I wanted to go. I did it. I, okay, mm. let's do something mm. else. And I went off and worked in Hollywood and did other other things for a long time. There was always something missing. Hmm. And now that missing piece is back. Wow!
0: Wow! What? A gift to have been given. It feels like there was some kind of an awakening, if you will.
1: Oh, it's definitely an epiphany.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And has it changed other parts of your life or just mostly on your creative life?
1: Well, I can tell you this. I'm like my mom in many Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. From whom I I learned so many things. And uh, I've had episodes of depression and episodes of being just very dark about things mm-hmm. but uh that doesn't happen much now wow. I, I just don't feel it right long it doesn't doesn't show up oh. i've taken I've taken wellbutrin and sowa and all mm-hmm. the what's the other one prozac i guess i've I've taken all those meds, and I found that. I don't need any of them because I just take wow. a picture and share it. And
2: mm.
1: in that process of receiving that gift,
2: capturing it, and giving it back away, I'm
1: personally healed.
0: Wow. Wow. Oh, you have been such a surprise. I am so grateful that you said yes to doing this podcast today because, oh my goodness, you, I cannot wait to share you with all of my listeners because you've so much to, to offer people. So I'm curious since you spoke about how people have reached out to you who've said, you know, I'm, I was on the edge of suicide and your picture really helped. For people who are listening, who are in a dark place, who are really struggling, other than looking at your photograph, which we're going to put up, do you have any other thoughts for people since you've experienced that dark edge? What would you say to them?
1: I'd say the greatest thing you could do is give of yourself. Mm. To be of service is hugely important. And and it's important because everybody wants to be loved, everybody yes. wants to be needed, mm-hmm. everybody wants to feel as if they matter. And how do you get to that place? You do it by loving, by being useful, and by being somebody that matters to others because you've you've given of yourself. So it starts literally in here and goes out to the world because you don't have so much of a need.
2: Mm. Although the
1: needs that may be the driving force, you have a need to be of service. You know, it's, there's a famous uh, sociologist named Abraham Maslow. And had the hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So you have food and water and and uh, air, of course. but at the top of that hierarchy is self actualization. Mm-hmm. How do you actualize or make real that part of yourself that uh, you dream of? How mm-hmm. do you make that happen? Mm-hmm. You do it by being of service, by mm-hmm. helping others. To the extent that you do that, you'll find that people will love you for it, mm-hmm. that people will love themselves for it, mm-hmm. cannot, and it will it'll radiate, represent upon it. It's amazing.
0: Wow. Wow. So, is there anything else? I mean, oh, this has been so rich. Is there anything else that you want to share with people before we end for today?
1: Well, what I found is that I, I take pictures. I've been a songwriter for many years. Oh, wow. So I write a lot of songs. I, write, I have my own podcast, in fact, where I express my opinions about things. hmm and uh, so what I try to do is create something every day. And mm. so I live up to that experience at the Vatican. Somebody says, "Create." Don't take that lightly. Actually. But mm. I try to do it every day. So we are what, to, what we create in ourselves incrementally, over time. Mm-hmm. So every little thing that you do is what you become. You are what you You become what you large day so do that and as you build yourself toward that you'll uh, you'll arrive at a place that you didn't think you could get to there's a very famous guy named Edgar Casey you may, you may remember who Edgar Casey is yes Edgar Casey is the sleeping prophet mm-hmm. and I've read several of his books and books about him one of the things that really stuck with me is the concept of mind is the builder hmm Everything you see around you, everything in the world that that you can experience, somebody had to think of. That's right. So yep. because that's true, think of what you want and then take some step. Might be a, you can think about it for 10 seconds. If you move in the direction of your dreams, you'll actually arrive.
0: Oh, I'd love that. Well, I think that is the perfect place for us to stop for today. And I want to thank you so much. You have not only touched my heart from your photographs, but now, wow, I am so deeply touched. Thank you so much for being with all of us today. And for those of you who are listening, I will see you next week. Thank you so much, Patrick.
1: You're welcome.
0: Bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.